0: Welcome to the Digital Landlord Podcast. Each episode, you'll be hearing from leading experts in the property industry. They'll be discussing strategies, insights and real life stories about how to be a successful modern landlord and how to use technology to manage their property portfolios. And now for your host, CEO of Landlord.io, Aviram Shahar. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the Digital Landlord Podcast. And in this uh, episode, I'm happy uh, to uh, be joined by Mark Alexander, 33-year landlord and the founder of Property 118, one of the best forums for landlords in the UK. Hi, Mark.
1: Uh, Great hi, interview. everyone. Thank, hi, everybody. Thank you for the invitation. I'm really looking forward to this interview.
0: Thank you, Mark. Um, so, usually uh, we start with uh, knowing uh, more about our guests, and you have um, so much experience in the property area. So, uh, I'd love to hear from you how you have started your journey.
1: Sure. I'll, I'll try and keep it to a couple of minutes. So, I started my profession in property, finance, tax, and law in 1987. Uh, Most of the people I I was working with that were incredibly wealthy invested into property. So I wanted to follow in their footsteps, essentially standing on the shoulders of giants rather than trying to reinvent the wheel and do things myself. Uh, I very quickly learned that it's better to learn from other people's experiences. I got my first uh, rental property in 1989. So as you say, coming up for 33 years as a landlord. Uh, and other background stuff, I created a commercial finance brokerage. So I started off working in financial services, uh, then worked for one of the largest American banks uh, in underwriting and sales. Uh, And then eventually started my own commercial finance brokerage in 1990, Um, no longer in that sector of the business, but that business went to become a PLC in 2003, which is when I achieved financial independence. Um, And essentially, I parked all of my funds from um, cash flow and and wealth into property because, you know, I knew that one day that uh, I would want to retire and that uh, property... Uh, was a a, a great way of hedging against inflation and essentially ending up with a business. So I did that, eventually became uh, location independence uh, in 2016. And what I mean by location independent is homes in many countries and not having any ties to any particular one of them. So right now, as we're recording this podcast, I'm in uh, Florida, in central Florida, my home there. My main home uh, for tax purposes is Malta, uh, a wonderful little island in the center of the Mediterranean for people who don't know where Malta is. Um, And my wife is Russian, uh, which is a bit controversial right now, Uh, but uh, we do have another home in Russia. Uh, Sadly, we've also got, well, 50% of my wife's family is also Ukrainian, so um, difficult times for us. So we won't talk too much about that today, if that's okay. Uh, So that's that's my basic background. I'm also a founder of the National Association of Commercial Finance Brokers, which was set up in 1992. Very large organization these days. Uh, I'm no longer on the board or anything like that, Uh, but something I'm very proud of and happy to mention here.
0: Yeah, sounds great. And uh, what I want to ask is basically this podcast, we speak about uh, technology and information and uh, Property one one eight. Let's speak about it. It's very interesting for me to to understand um, what was the trigger to, to, to found it to start basically property one one eight. And uh, from my perspective, it's uh, you know the information side of things and um, and knowledge is it's. You you said that you started with following others, basically today in our uh, era with so much technology um it's it's becoming easier to acquire knowledge basically
1: oh for sh- sure it's easier i mean when i started in 1989 there was no google uh, there was no right move there was no zoopla uh, there was no internet well there was internet but not many people had it uh so yeah absolutely things have moved on and technology has become vital and it's it's accelerated the learning process uh, and the Improve the operational aspects of many, many businesses throughout. Uh, so, yeah, what started Property 118? Well, I exited uh, my commercial finance brokerage in 2009. Um, and I'm still quite young, but I thought, well, why can't I retire young? You know, I've done well for myself, I've got my property portfolio, etc. And that's when I uh, spent more time in Florida. And three months on a beach is enough for everybody, I think. Uh, and I got completely bored and I really didn't know what to do. And people said to me, Mark, you, you, you know, property inside out, you know, finance inside out, you know, tax and law inside out. Uh, it's been your whole life. Why don't you write a book on this? and I started and you know what writing a book just isn't for me Uh, I'm very much a people person I like to engage I like to get feedback And I just said I can't do it and somebody said well why don't you write a blog and I said what's a blog I didn't know I wasn't on Facebook Twitter LinkedIn I wasn't nothing Uh, you know I'd just been immersed into corporate life until 2009 so somebody explained what a blog was So I I said, well, okay, I'll give it a go. So I started writing articles, explaining and sharing best practice. And uh, a lot of people uh, followed it. There was 30,000 people we'd arranged mortgages for um, that followed it. And they were sharing it with people. And then after a year, uh, Google said, would you like to become a Google News publisher? So I thought, hey, fantastic, we can sell that to Google. But it doesn't work like that. They don't actually pay you anything to become a Google News publisher, but it does give you your articles more exposure. Mm -hmm. And Fast forward to where we are now, we have 11 million unique user sessions serviced by Property 118 per annum. Now, there's not even that many landlords in the country. So I suspect there's people from other countries, obviously the professions, the mortgage brokers, will writers, solicitors, accountants, estate agents, EPC providers, you name it, gas-safe engineers. They're all reading Property 118. Uh, so it's been a roaring success from that point of view. And this
0: uh, is so all, all pro- organic, by the way, Mark? So the growth, like, is all organic, like, with, like producing more content, getting... More people engaging with uh, on the forum, for
1: instance? Absolutely. So, as I say, it started with me sharing best practice and getting feedback. And then other people uh, started contributing articles to Property 118 as well. So now I only write one or two articles a month, but um, we send a newsletter out every working day. And then there's a weekly roundup. And there's at least sort of four or five discussion pieces in in those newsletters every single day. So, well, Property 118 is essentially a news site uh, and a, a sort of the portal to facilitate shared, be- shared best practice. Uh, but it's become so much more than that because it's become a discussion forum as well, even though it was, it's not designed as a discussion forum, but like any uh, sort of modern publication, there is uh, a discussion below most of the articles in the comments section. So yeah, that's, that's become particularly good. Obviously, we've hooked up with lots of technology providers, including yourselves. Um, and as the whole principles of buy-to-let have evolved and professionalized. And since the government has, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's got an obvious trajectory to try and professionalize the buy-to-let sector in the UK. We've heard that there's somewhere like 4 million properties that are rented in the UK. Uh, a lot of those are owned by landlords who only own one property. So, you know, boy meets girl, they rent out their flat, they buy a new house, uh, and then it becomes a problem as soon as the boiler breaks down because they've got no money. And I don't think the government want that type of landlord, really. I think they, uh, because it's difficult to control, it's like herding cats. So, I think the government wants more professionalized landlords, and to run any business these days, then technology is a vital plug-in to that business.
0: No, absolutely, and we see it like one of our, um, you know, main goals at Landlord is uh, to help landlords do better and be more efficient, but also be more uh, professional. And I think that uh, to use the data in the right way. And for instance, starting like you also like from the pre-acquisition phase. So when you like starting to take a look on properties for, so our deal analyzer will allow the uh, the user uh, to take into account all the uh, potential costs, not just when you purchase the property, but also on an ongoing basis. As you said, that if you need to plan that in, um, I don't know, three years, well, you need to, to repair the boiler or you need to replace the kitchen in 10 years. Something that you can take into account and make assumptions and see you know, what, what is going to be your return in 10 years.
1: Indeed. Uh, There's far too many people who just think, I'm going to buy a property, this is the deposit, this is how much rent I'm going to get, this is the mortgage and the rest is profit. Of course, we all know it doesn't quite work like that in reality.
0: Absolutely. Also, occupancy rate. It's something that I think people... Um, not necessarily take into account, but you need to, to when you calculate the rent and the income uh, over the years, you need to take some buffers. You need to make, to to make assumption that the occupancy will not be 100%. You'll have Absolutely.
1: Take- and, and as you say, you've got your repairs, your maintenance, your other ongoing costs of running a business. Um, and I think there's two reasons that people get into property. One is to provide cash flow which is very difficult to do if you've got high borrowing from day one. Um, But uh, the other one is capital growth. And of course, you asked me earlier why I got into property. It's very simple for me. Um, If I buy a property, the property is likely to go up in value and the rents are likely to go up in value. But as long as I don't touch the mortgage and it's a fixed rate, it's always going to be the same. So my cash flow might not be brilliant when I first buy a property with the. The benefit of a, a big mortgage but 20 or 30 years down the line which is where i'm at right now then it funds this wonderful uh transatlantic lifestyle that i enjoy
0: yes absolutely and um if, if we speak about long term something that uh, we just integrated into Lendo is one of your services and uh, i keen to to learn more and perhaps you can share with our audience um the uh, the benefit of due right planning to your portfolio and the specific niche of inheri- inheritance tax. And this is- Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, interesting.
1: We, I, I know we picked on inheritance tax because when you talk about tax to most landlords, the first tax that they think of is income tax. And the reason for that is it's, it's the most immediate, it's the most painful. So they know they've got a tax bill every January and, and end of July. And it's it's the one that they think, oh, this is getting painful, Section 24, the restrictions on finance, cost relief, et cetera. But they forget that there's at least three taxes that affect landlords. So you've got income tax as number one, capital gains tax when you sell the properties as number two. And then the final, the worst tax of all is inheritance tax because, you know, you buy a property – You pay all of your taxes on the profits and everything as you go along, and you bought it using your taxed income to pay the deposit, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you die, it gets taxed all over again at 40% of all of the equity that you've got in that property. So it really does feel to most people like an unfair tax. And when you actually look at the numbers, it is by far the biggest tax that landlords are likely to pay. So let me, let me give you an example. This is a real personal story for me, overall.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, my pa- the first house that I can remember my parents buying was the one I grew up in. Um, I was three years old when they bought it in 1971. And it was a little three-bedroom, semi- uh, no, it's detached, but it, had, it was linked to the next house with the garage, but smallish three-bed um, on the West Midlands Staffordshire border. And I grew up in that property until I was 17 years old. And being a little bit older than you, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And people were a little bit more friendly then. Everybody knew all the neighbours. The neighbours were called Auntie Val and Auntie Vaughan and Uncle Doug and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so that was really, a, even though they weren't really my aunties and uncles, by the way, but it was just a really friendly environment to grow up in. Uh, and then we moved, my parents moved over to Norfolk later on when I was 17. Well, here I am now, and I was thinking, do you know what? It'd be really nice, purely for sentimental reasons, no, no business reason whatsoever, purely for sentimental reasons to own that property. And I thought, I wonder if it'll ever come for sale. Uh, well, I looked at how much it's worth, and it costs today it would cost about £300,000. So here we are, 31 years after my parents first bought it. It's worth £300,000 now. Everyone, guess how much they paid for it? 50? 3,000. Ah, 3,000. Okay. They paid £3,000 for this property in mm-hmm. 1971. It's gone up a hundredfold in value in the last 50 years. And my parents are still alive. Now, I know you've got properties, you? i'm and many of the people are, who are watching this have got properties. Now, just think to yourself, if I still own my properties in 50 years time and they go up a hundred fold in value, so in history repeats itself, what will they be worth? You know, a million pound property portfolio today could be worth hundred million 50 years from now. Now, if you're my age, you think, well, the chances of me making it for 50 years is pretty slim. So, you know, I'm not gonna make a hundred million. You never know, I might get my telegram from the queen. I might, I might live to be 104 years old. The likelihood is I won't make that. Um, But there's a very good chance my kids will, and an even better chance that my grandkids will still be around 50 years from now. Mm -hmm. And if my property portfolio remains intact and I've died, that's 40% the government will have taken out of it. And if my kids then die, that's another 40% before it gets to my grandkids. So inheritance tax is an absolutely huge burden And I think because, firstly, as human beings, we like to not think about death because it's a bit scary and it's one of those sort of taboo subjects, but it does cross our minds from time to time. And if you ask 100 landlords why they're in property, they'll say things like cash flow to make money for my retirement and for a legacy. And if that legacy really is important to them, They need to be thinking about this right now, because even if they only buy one property for a quarter of a million pounds today, 50 years down the line, that property could be worth 25 million pounds if history repeats itself. And do you really want to be leaving a legacy of 40% of that to the governments? So inheritance tax is huge. You might be able to save yourself 500 quid, 5,000 quid, 50,000 quid on your income tax by adjusting your ownership structure. Yes. But you're never going to save as much as you'll save on inheritance tax. And of course, you you touched on this. uh, Property 118 also has a tax planning division, which has seven tax consultants and three uh, full-time tax barristers. So... What we do is we help people by looking at the scenarios that they're at, doing some projection forward, saying, well, from an income tax capital gains tax and uh, inheritance tax perspective, this is what would happen if you stay as you are. This is what would happen if you transition. And these are the opportunities for transitioning. And this is the cost of implementation. So we have a, a, a... a whole sort of consultation package. It's not just a, a telephone call or a Zoom call. That comes at the end, uh, but you know, the fact find and the putting together reporting recommendations and so on is all part of this package. And that we, we offer that for a fixed fee of 400 pounds. Uh, and it comes with a total, sat, total guarantee of total satisfaction or a full refund. So that's kind of the monetized side of Property 118. Um, but we did that just out of a passion, really, I think it was all fired up in 2015 when Chancellor George Osborne uh, changed the rules uh, so they became so unfair for private landlords uh, versus any other type of business that you could think of that operates in the UK. Private landlords are the only ones that can't offset income, sorry, they can't offset finance costs against uh, income. Every other business in the UK can do that. So if you're renting properties, you can't do it. But if you're renting cars, you can. How weird is that? But uh, So I think that's what sparked it off. That's what has got a lot of people annoyed. But as, as people have become annoyed, as landlords have become annoyed, they've started to think about this other tax as well. And that's the service that we offer. And that's why we put that package together, which we think is quite unique, you know, to offer a total satisfaction guarantee or full refund is something that's very unique as far as we're aware in the market
0: yes and we actually like in landlord we we saw this problem when uh, we started to get uh, approached by users that say because we uh, calculated the potential inheritance tax but just after we started our collaboration we said okay but it it's more sense they make it it makes sense more to to predict Based on our data, what is going to be the value of the property, let's say in 10 years or 15 or 20 years, based on some assumptions that you know we can collect about the
1: absolutely. Property. And we were, I mean, you have all that data, and your users are using their data to give them in lots of insights into the business, which are incredibly valuable for buying, remortgaging, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It was an obvious plug-in for us to, to add this extra level. So as you say, you were working out what would happen if you died today. Well, most people aren't planning to die today. They're hoping to live for another 20, 30, 40 years plus. So we, you and I work together and we've put a very simplistic thing together. What, it, what happens if my property only double in value? What happens if they quadruple in value? And what happens if they grow 10 times in value over my lifetime? Just to show people... Um, you know, what the impact of inheritance tax could be. Okay. And I think it was, uh, from what you've told me, Adrian, um your users that have actually used this functionality have found it incredibly useful. I mean, nobody knows when they're going to die, nobody knows how much the properties are going to go up by, but just to give some sort of a projection or indication, and we tried to err on the conservative side. So we didn't say your properties are going to be worth a hundred times what they're worth by the time you die, we said double, quadruple, or 10 times. Um, and people can make their own judgments on that. But it got people thinking. And I think it was a superb um, initiative that we came up with together to achieve that.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think the good thing is also they now understand that there might be a solution for that because then you see, okay, okay I understand I have so much exposure in the future for like uh, this, in this specific task of inheritance tax, but... Uh, so like the first step that we did is integrated a great ebook so the user can download it in, in one click, understand what does it mean, this tax, what is the implications, and um, correct me from some initial ways how to start solving it, and then they can start engaging with your team and um, actually um, do something.
1: And I think quite a lot of your users have already downloaded that ebook. And my hope is that as a result of this um, this podcast that you're going to be sharing, and I will be sharing for you as well, it'll bring a lot more users to your platform uh, and a lot more people will be able to download this free ebook and, and give them insight as to what they can do. Because there are solutions. You know, if you've got a million pounds worth of inheritance tax liability today, you buy a life insurance and it deals with it. But That life insurance policy, you don't want to be renewing it every year based on the value of your portfolio and increasing it every year because it'll just become impossibly unaffordable. Um, So, as you say, there there are ways of dealing with this, um, particularly for landlords who are buying in a limited company because you can restructure the shares in a limited company. So you can freeze the value of shares that you own and you can have a tiny little value of shares that you put in trust for your children and they accrue all the growth. And two years ago, HMRC said, oh, we're not sure you could do that. And they opened a a special investigation unit to look into smart property company structures or family investment companies, as they called it. And they closed that unit in June 2021, Mm -hmm. uh, having uh, satisfied themselves that this is a perfectly legitimate form of planning. So, you know, Every business has to think about business continuity, legacy, and the taxes around that. Uh, And that's what HMRC concluded with their investigation, that um, this isn't a tax loophole, this isn't a tax dodge, uh, this isn't abusing the tax system. This is perfectly legitimate and actually very sensible long-term financial planning for any property business owner to consider. So... Uh, whilst that investigation was going on, people were naturally cautious. Oh, we might not want to get into this because HMRC might not like it. But now, of course, that HMRC has essentially put a rule on it, saying, "Yeah, this makes sense. Um, it's something that every single landlord should do." And here's a number for you. We know because when when a limited company is formed, it has to have an SIC code and that SIC code for a property investment company is 68209. We know that in 2020, there was 47,100 buy let companies formed. And we can look through the data in Companies House, and this is why data is so v- valuable for everybody. We can look at the data, and we can see that less than 1% of those companies have a freezer growth share structure. And how do we know that? because they only have ordinary shares. So for anybody watching this, who says, oh, no, I've got an accountant, he does all my financial planning, he's absolutely marvelous, he set me up in a limited company, et cetera, et cetera. Have a look and see whether you've got ordinary shares. And if you haven't got any other classes of shares, you haven't got freezer growth shares, you haven't got a shareholders agreement, and if your memorandum and articles of association in your company haven't been amended, then unfortunately, your account might have dealt with some of the tax issues on a day-to-day basis, but he won't be looking forward 50 years. And there's less than 1% of all buy to companies in 2020 that have done anything about this. So yeah, time to have a look.
0: No, absolutely. yeah, so I will uh, use this great uh, uh, pitch to encourage our users or users to create a landlord account, put your data, see what is the prediction, what um, might be your inheritance tax in five, 10 or 20 years. Download the ebook and contact uh, property 118 to to see if um, you can together structure a solution uh, for that. And uh, Mark, I I really want to thank you for your time. I think that we have uh, many other things to discuss, but perhaps we can do it in another episode.
1: I'll be delighted Um, to come back around anytime.
0: Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you everyone uh, for joining us and um, see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks again. We hope you got value from this episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to be updated with future episodes of the Digital Landlord podcast.